Chapter Forty Four of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman: A Strange Tale of Texas by Maine Reed. Chapter Forty Four: A Quartet of Comanches. With his flame-colored curls bristling upward, almost raising the hat from his head, the Galwegian continued his retreat, pausing not scarce looking back till he had re-entered the jacklay closed the skin door behind him and barricaded it with several large packages that lay near even then he did not feel secure what protection could there be in a shut door barred and bolted besides against that which was not earthly and surely what he had seen was not of the earth not of this world who on earth had ever witnessed such a spectacle? A man mounted upon horseback, and carrying his head in his hand. Who had ever heard of a phenomenon so unnatural? Certainly not Phalim O'Neil. His horror still continuing, he rushed to and fro across the floor of the hut, now dropping down upon his stool, and non rising up, and gliding to the door, but without daring either to open it, or look out through the chinks at intervals he tore the hair out of his head striking his clenched hand against his temples and roughly rubbing his eyes as if to make sure that he was not asleep but had really seen the shape that was horrifying him one thing alone gave him a moiety of comfort though it was of the slightest while retreating down the ravine before his head had sunk below the level of the plain he had given a glance backward he had derived some gratification from that glance as it showed the headless rider afar off on the prairie and with back turned toward the alamo going on at a gallop but for the remembrance of this the galwegian might have still been more terrified if that were possible while striding back and forth upon the floor of the jacale for a long time he was speechless not knowing what to say, and only giving utterance to such exclamations as came mechanically to his lips. As the time passed, and he began to feel not so much return of confidence as of the power of ratiocination, his tongue became restored to him, and a continuous fire of questions and exclamations succeeded. They were all addressed to himself. Tara was no longer there to take part in the conversation. They were put, moreover, in a low-whispered tone, as if in fear that his voice might be heard outside the jacale. O'chon, O'chon, it can have been him. St. Patrick protect me. But what was it then? There was everything of this, the horse, the striped blanket, them spotted water guards upon his legs, and the head itself, all except the features, them I saw too but wasn't sure about identification for who could till a face all covered over with red blood ah it couldn't be master maurice at all at all it's all a dream i must have been asleep and dreamin or was it the whiskey that did it sure i wasn't drunk enough for that two goes out of the little cup and more from the dimijohn not over a couple of niggans and all that wouldn't make me drunk. I've taken twice that, without as much as drippin' in my spatchy. 
trath have i besides if i had been the worse for the liquor why am i not so still there's not half an hour past since i saw it and i am as sober as a judge upon the bench of magistrates sowl a drap o do me a power of good just now if i don't take one i'll not get a wink of slape i'll be sure to kape awake all the night long thinking about it ochon ochon what can it be anyhow and where can the master be if it wasn't him howly st patrick look down and watch over a miserable sinner that's left all alone be himself wid nothing but ghosts and goblins around him after this appeal to the catholic saint the connemara man addressed himself with still more zealous devotion to the worship of a very different divinity known among the ancients as bacchus his suit in the quarter proved perfectly successful for in less than an hour after he had entered upon his genuflections at the shrine of the pagan god represented by the demijohn of monogahila whiskey he was shrived of all his sufferings if not of his sins and lay stretched along the floor of the jacale not only oblivious of the spectacle that had so late terrified him to the very centre of his soul but utterly unconscious of his soul's existence there is no sound within the hut of maurice the mustanger not even a clock to tell by its continuous tickling that the hours are passing into eternity and that another midnight is mantling over the earth there are sounds outside but only as usual the rippling of the stream close by the whispering of the leaves stirred by the night wind the chirrup of cicadas the occasional cry of some wild creature are but the natural voices of the nocturnal forest midnight has arrived with a moon that assimilates it to the morning her light illuminates the earth here and there penetrating through the shadowy trees and flinging broad silvery lists between them passing through these alternations of light and shadow apparently avoiding the former as much as possible goes a group of mounted men though few in number as there are only four of them they are formidable to look upon the vermilion glaring redly over their naked skins the striped and spotted tattooing upon their cheeks the scarlet feathers standing stiffly upright above their heads and the gleaming of weapons held in their hands all bespeak strength of a savage and dangerous kind whence come they they are in the war costume of the comanche their paint proclaims it there is the skin fillet around the temples with the eagle plumes stuck behind it the bare breasts and arms the buckskin breeched clouts everything in the shape of sign with these ishmaelites of texas may be recognized when out upon the maraud they must be comanches and therefore have come from the west whither go they this is a question more easily answered they are closing in upon the hut where lies the unconscious inebriate the jackley of maurice gerald is evidently the butt of their expedition that their intentions are hostile is to be inferred from the fact of their wearing the war costume it is also apparent from their manner of making approach still further by their dismounting at some distance from the hut securing their horses in the underwood and continuing their advance on foot their stealthy tread taking care to plant the foot lightly upon the fallen leaves the precaution to keep inside the shadow the frequent pauses spent in looking ahead and listening the silent gestures with which these movements are directed by him who appears to be the leader all proclaim design to reach the jackalay unperceived by whoever may chance to be inside it
is this they are successful so far as may be judged by appearances they stand by the stockade walls without any sign being given to show that they have been seen the silence inside is complete as that they are themselves observing there is nothing heard not so much as the screech of a hearth cricket and yet the hut is inhabited but a man may get drunk beyond the power of speech snoring or even audibly breathing and in this condition is the tenant of the jacale the four comanches steal up to the door and in sulking attitudes scrutinize it it is shut but there are chinks at the sides to these the savages set their ears all the same time and stand slightly listening no snoring no breathing no noise of any kind it is possible says their chief to their follower nearest him speaking in a whisper but in good grammatical castilian just possible he has not yet got home though by the side of his staring he should have reached here long before this he may have ridden out again now i remember there's a horse shed at the back if the man be inside the house the beast should be found in the shed stay here camarados till i go round and see six seconds suffice to examine the substitute for a stable no horse in it as many more are spent in scrutinizing the path that leads to it no horse has been there at least not lately these points determined the chief returns to his followers still standing by the doorway in front maldito he exclaims giving freer scope to his voice he's not here nor has he been this day we had better go inside and make sure suggests one of the common warriors in spanish fairly pronounced there can be no harm in our seeing how the irelandis has housed himself out here certainly not answers a third equally well versed in the language of cervantes let's have a look at his larder too i'm hungry enough to eat raw tasajo poor dios adds the fourth and last of the quartet in the same sonorous tongue i've heard that he keeps a cellar if so the chief does not wait for his follower to finish the hypothetical speech the thought of a cellar appears to produce a powerful effect upon him stimulating to immediate action he sets his heel upon the skin door with the intention of pushing it open it resists the effort serambo it's barred inside done to keep out intruders in his absence lions tigers bears buffaloes perhaps indians ha 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 another kick is given with greater force the door still keeps its place barricaded with something something heavy too it won't yield to kicking no matter i'll soon see what's inside the machete is drawn from its sheath and a large hole cut through the stretched skin that covers the light framework of wood into this the indian thrusts his arm and groping about discovers the nature of the obstruction the packages are soon displaced and the door thrown open the savages enter preceded by a broad moonbeam that lights them on their way and enables them to observe the condition of the interior a man lying in the middle of the floor carajo is he asleep he must be dead not to have hurt us neither says the chief after stooping to examine him only dead drunk borracho embriaguado he's the servitor of the irlandis i've seen this fellow before from his manner one way safely conclude that his master is not at home nor has been lately i hope the brute hasn't used up the cellar in getting himself into this comfortable condition ah ajar and smelling like a rose there's a rattle among these rods there's stuff inside 
thanked the lady guadalupe for this a few seconds suffice for distributing what remains of the contents of the demijohn there is enough to give each of the four a drink with two to their chief who notwithstanding his high rank has not the superior politeness to protest against this unequal distribution in a thrice the jar is empty what next the master of the house must come home some time or other an interview with him is desired by the men who have made a call upon him particularly desired as may be told by the unseasonable hour of their visit the chief is especially anxious to see him what can four comanche indians want with maurice the mustanger their talk discloses their intentions for among themselves they make no secret of their object in being there they have come to murder him their chief is the instigator the others are only his instruments and assistants the business is too important to permit of his trifling he will gain a thousand dollars by the deed besides a certain gratification independent of the money motive his three braves will earn a hundred each a sum sufficient to tempt the cupidity of a comanche and purchase him for any purpose the travesty need not be carried any further by this time the mask must have fallen off our comanches are mere mexicans their chief miguel diaz the mustanger we must lie and wait for him this is the counsel of el coyote he cannot be much longer now whatever may have detained him you barajo go up to the bluff and keep a look over the plain the rest remain here with me he must come that way from the leona we can meet him at the bottom of the gorge under the big cypress tree tis the best place for our purpose had we not better silence him hints the bloodthirsty barajo pointing to the galwegian fortunately unconscious of what is transpiring around him dead men tell no tales adds another of the conspirators repeating the proverb in its original language it would tell a worse tale were we to kill him rejoins diaz besides it's of no use he's silenced enough as it is the droll devil let the dog have his day i've only bargained for the life of his master come barajo vayate vayate up to the cliff we can't tell the moment don mauricio may drop in upon us a miscarriage must not be made we may never have such a chance again take your stand at the top of the gorge from that point you have a view of the whole plain he cannot come near without your seeing him in such a moonlight as this as soon as you've set eyes on him hasten down and let us know be sure you give us the time to get under the cypress barajo is proceeding to yield obedience to this chapter of instructions but with evident reluctance he has the night before been in ill luck having lost to el coyote a large sum at the game of monte he is desirous of having his revanche for he well knows how his confrere will spend the time in his absence quick signor vicente commands diaz observing his dislike to the duty imposed upon him if we fail in this business you will lose more than you can gain at an arbure of monte go man continues el coyote in an encouraging way if he come not within the hour someone will relieve you go barajo obeys and stepping out of the jacale proceeds to his post upon the top of the cliff the others seat themselves inside the hut having already established a light men of their class and calling generally go provided with the means of killing time or at all events hindering it from hanging on their hands
the slab table is between them upon which is soon displayed not their supper but a pack of spanish cards which every mexican vagabondo carries under his serape cavallo and soto queen and knave are laid to face upward a monte table is established the cards are shuffled and the play proceeds absorbed in calculating the chances of the game an hour passes without note being taken of the time el coyote is banker and also croupier the cries cavallo and la puerta soto mozo the queen in the gate the knave winner at intervals announced in set phrase echo from the skin-covered walls the silver dollars are raked along the rough table their sharp chink contrasting with the soft shuffle of the cards all at once a more stentorous sound interrupts the play causing a cessation of the game it is the screech of the inebriate who awaking from his trance of intoxication perceives for the first time the queer company that share with him the shelter of the jackalope the players spring to their feet and draw their machetes Phelim stands a fair chance of being skewered on three long toledos he is only saved by its contingency another interruption that has the effect of staying the intent barajo appears in the doorway panting for breath it is scarce necessary for him to announce his errand though he contrives to gasp out he is coming on the bluff already at the head of the canada quick comrades quick the galwegian is saved there is scarce time to kill him even were it worth while but it is not at least so think the masqueraders who leave him to resume his disturbed slumber and rush forth to accomplish the more profitable assassination in a score of seconds they are under the cliff at the bottom of the sloping gorge by which it must be descended they take stand under the branches of a spreading cypress and await the approach of their victim they listen for the hoof-strokes that should announce it these are soon heard there is the clinking of a shod hoof not in regular strokes but as if a horse was passing over an uneven surface one is descending the slope he is not yet visible to the eyes of the ambuscaders even the gorge is in bloom like the valley below shadowed by tall trees there is but one spot where the moon throws light upon the turf a narrow space outside the sombre shadow that conceals the assassins unfortunately this does not lie in the path of their intended victim he must pass under the canopy of the cypress don't kill him mutters miguel diaz to his men speaking in an earnest tone there's no need for that just yet i want to have him alive for the matter of an hour or so i have my reasons lay hold of him and his horse there can be no danger as if he will be taken by surprise and unprepared if there be resistance we must shoot him down but let me fire first the confederates promise compliance they have soon an opportunity of proving the sincerity of their promise he for whom they are waiting has accomplished the descent of the slope and is passing under the shadow of the cypress abajo las armas a tierra down with your weapons to the ground cries el coyote rushing forward and seizing the bridle while the other three fling themselves upon the man who is seated in the saddle there is no resistance either by struggle or blow no blade drawn no shot discharged not even a word spoken in protest they see a man standing upright in the stirrups they lay their hands upon the limbs that feel solid flesh and bone and yet seem insensible to the touch 
the horse alone shows resistance he rears upon his hind legs makes ground backward and draws his captors after him he carries them into the light where the moon is shining outside the shadow merciful heaven what does it mean his captors let go of their hold and fall back with a simultaneous shout it is a scream of wild terror not another instant do they stay under the cypress but commence retreating at top speed towards the thicket where their own steeds have been left tied mounting in mad haste they ride rapidly away they have seen that wish has already stricken terror into hearts more courageous than theirs a horseman without a head End of chapter forty four